But small talk is not an extrovert introvert thing. Small talk is not innate to who we are. Small talk, most importantly, is a skill. And so if we want to be good at it, we can learn. There are strategies, there are scripts we can start to put inside our brains and then make them work for us as individuals. But absolutely, just like a bike, at one point, we learn to balance. be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Communicating well as a leader gives you a leg up in earning and building trust. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ron Huntley, your host. When I was at St. Mary's University, I signed up to take a course in public speaking. I was petrified. And I knew that I'd do well to get over this exaggerated fear. And it was one of the best things I could have ever done. Today, we will take a look at the art of small talk. As we learn from Courtney McCann, this is something you're going to be able to apply immediately. Enjoy the conversation. I had a chance to meet Courtney McCann at one of her presentations she did on small talk. It was so exhilarating for me. I learned so much that I was able to apply immediately that I thought I have to have her on the podcast. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me around. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) I'll tell you, I really did. I enjoyed your presentation. And I'm a wild extrovert. Like everybody who knows me knows that I'm very extroverted, but I'm not good with small talk. How did you ever like, tell me what it is you do and how you ever came to help people break down getting better at dealing with small talk. A hundred percent. So I'm a communication coach for STEM professionals in the United States. They are non-native English speakers. So when they move to the U.S., the cognitive skills, like their ability to perform their job are great. The technical stuff, fine, but it's the social stuff, the effective trust that I talk about that is often challenging for people who move here. So I started to work on cultural understanding and one of them was small talk and people weren't quite seeing the value in small talk because even like native English speakers, they found it awkward. It was just supposed to, you know, quiet, like a weird, awkward, silent moment. And we just want to avoid that at all costs. So I just work with people so they can see the value in it, see what it can do for them and see the connections that can be made with absolutely anybody. And that is incredible. What was so fun about the workshop that I participated in with you is not only did you speak to us about some of these tips and give us some wonderful examples, but then you got us to do it. (laughs) And, and what was so fun, I just want to give you some feedback on this. I went away that following weekend with friends I grew up with my whole life. I love them to death. We always have a ball, but I'm not good at small talk. And I was able to implement some of the things you taught us. And it took away a lot of my internal anxiety and I enjoyed it more. And so it was just so practical what you taught. And I'm non-native to my friends. We literally Mm -hmm. grew up together. And and so I think for many people, it's something that they, you know, maybe some type of a social event where they want to make connections or they see the value. They just rather not go. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you make a great point that you're an extrovert. So people expect you to like small talk, be good at small talk, but small talk is not an extrovert introvert thing. Small talk is not innate to who we are. Small talk, most importantly, is a skill. And so if we want to be good at it, we can learn. There are strategies, there are scripts we can start to put inside our brains and then make them work for us as individuals. But absolutely, just like a bike, at one point we learn to balance. And then over time, we forgot that we learned how to balance on that bike in the same way with small talk at first, super weird, super awkward, but we learn the cadence. We learn how it works. And over time, we forget that we even learned that this is actually a skill. Right. That's a good point. And I watch my friend, Dave, I notice is really good at it. And I don't, I don't know how he got good at it, but he is so good at it. And it's fun to watch him and be around him. And sometimes I'll try to try to engage as much as he does. And I'm just not good at it. However, your skills are really helpful. So what are some of the skills? Let's talk about a few of them just to give our, give our listeners a, a taste of if some people are listening, it's going, oh, I didn't know it was a skill and I don't like it. Well, what are you talking about, Courtney? Give me a couple tips. Yeah, totally. So the thing with small talk is we want to remember it is going to be short. So let's not stress ourselves out about how much am I going to say? What am I going to say? Let's just relax and remember it's small. It's small talk. So let's let that be. Also, the point of small talk is to connect. So let's remember that we should be looking to listen. And if we're looking to listen, we're asking questions. And these are questions that are neutral, questions that perhaps you guys have a shared sphere. I often say, whatever you guys have familiar, whatever is the same for both of you, use that as a point to start. And interestingly, one thing I've always noticed for people who struggle with small talk is the ability to ask the question back. So say, for example, someone asks us a question like, hey, you know, how are you? And many people will say, I'm good, forgetting the simple, I'm good, how are you? Or how was your weekend? It was good, forgetting the simple, how was your weekend? And just sending it back does a world of good. Right. That's a quick, easy tip when you're communicating. And so how soon should we turn it back? So you say to me, you know, you tell me about your weekend or, or no, maybe if you say, how was your weekend? And I say, yeah, it was good. And yet actually I did a lot of cool things. So should I just turn it back to you immediately and just say, good, how was your weekend and let you do all the talking or how does that work? The good thing about small talk is we're allowed to say as little or as much as we want. So if we don't feel like engaging, we don't have to, but we also have to know that's what that says without saying it. If I say it was good and give no detail, what I'm saying is, I don't really feel like engaging. So if we do feel like engaging, we should share a little bit more. And what I like to call this is a headline answer. Just like if you're reading an article, you read that top headline. It's intriguing, but it's short. So if you want to read the rest of it, you will. And if you don't want to know more, you keep moving on. In the same way with small talk, I'll say, I had a great weekend. I went on a wonderful hike. A wonderful hike. Intriguing. Tell me more. Why was it wonderful? What did you see? It's an easy way to engage people without saying too much, but also giving them an opportunity to ask questions. You know, even as you're saying that, I'm smiling to myself because every time I get on a flight to go somewhere, you never know who you're going to sit beside. 
And sometimes I get on a plane and I have work to do and I just want to do something. And somebody will say, hi, how you doing? And I'll say, good. Uh, how are you doing? Because I'll usually flip it back to them. And if they open up, I know I'm not getting any work done because exactly. I, you know, but I didn't know that that was the sign because sometimes they're just like, yeah, good. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to be able to, I'm not going to have to talk to this person. That's but exactly right. Again, it starts to open up and, and I never thought about it from that perspective. I was naturally reading the cues, but wasn't like now I can be very, more conscious of it. And I wonder for people that maybe are non-native to a particular country, if, if maybe that would be so helpful because maybe they might continue to pry in or what might feel like prying in when somebody's given that cue, like my weekend was good. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's one of the things about the cultural understanding is when people do or don't ask questions, how they answer it, what they do with their body language, all of that can matter. And so being aware of it, but also then knowing people are people. Maybe they're just having a bad day and they don't want to talk today. Let's not assume that means every day, all day. Let's take that very short conversation for what it is that maybe not now, maybe later. And it's great that we can have that understanding to work from to then individually decide what's happening in each conversation. That's really fun. One of the things that, that I've shared with you when we talked offline was this whole idea of alpha and what makes alpha so intimidating that first night is you don't know people and you end up sitting down at a table now that you know a lot of the covid restrictions are being loosened people can actually get together again and eat and you don't know them so you don't know what to say like i i always, i do always find that challenging and so what you're sharing and these tips that you're giving are directly applicable to so many churches that i coach to help them overcome um, some of those antsy feelings they might get to give them tools and you you shared with us on that conference call that we did or that zoom call that that i met you on um some different levels of engagement can you share that a little bit yeah, definitely. So I look at small talk through what's called the three tiers of small talk. Tier one is the bottom, tier two is middle, tier three is the top. And you're, I'm looking at it socially. How close am I to someone means what tier they fall into. So tier one, these are strangers or people we don't know well. With that means the topics as far as the U.S. goes are weather and transportation. We stay there super neutral. And then tier two, we try to stay out of weather and transportation because these are people we're trying to get to know or people we do know. And if we talk about weather and transportation, like we do in tier one, we're giving the impression that we're distant, that you're more of a stranger. And if you want to grow in that friendship, that relationship, we want to move away from that into tier two. And then tier three are our friends. And so I often say, and though I know you and I were joking earlier, these are your friends. I'm not going to tell you what to talk about. And you said, please tell me what to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in two, three, it's more about strategy than topic. Cause I think topic gotcha. is covered. Love it. So what are some topics in tier two that if somebody's listening to this, okay, weather, transportation, got it. And I think about that too. When I travel, I'm often meeting people for the first time and say, how are you doing? Hey, love the weather here. You know, how was your trip for, how was your trip from Nova Scotia? You know, it was really good. It was wonderful. It's so glad to be here. You know, 
Um, yeah. The very best things in tier two are things that genuinely interest us. And we're not assuming it's going to interest the other person. We're just sharing it as an option. And we also know that when we share this interest of ours, they may take it in a different direction. And that's okay too, because the purpose of the conversation is not to talk about this one thing that I like very much. The purpose of the conversation is to connect to see each other, to understand each other just a tiny bit more. Again, small talk is not a full-fledged conversation. So this is not a deep get-to-know-each-other situation, but it is the baby step into something more. And that baby step, all that says is, this is who I am a little bit. And this is a little bit of who you are. And we're going to gently take that down the river, you know, to see where that leads, but it need not be about any one topic. So if people like to talk about family, hobbies, interests, what they heard on the radio that morning, whatever, if they like plants, if they love their pets, it doesn't matter. People get worried that, you know, well, what if the other person isn't a plant person? Well, maybe the other person wouldn't mind learning about plants. Maybe your plant story reminds them of something else they do like, and you both like that thing. We can't know until we bring it up. We can't like hold fast to our topic. That wouldn't create good conversation, but being willing to open with it, show who we are a tiny bit. That is what small talk is asking of us. So let's role play this a little bit. I'm nervous even saying that because I'm thinking I'm so not good at this. Like I, I love how you've broken it down and started to and made it easy and stuff. But it as a neophyte in getting more comfortable. <laughs> so let's let's role play that. So we've met each other before, so we don't have to talk about weather or or plants. But maybe we connect somehow. And 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 so how, what what would be so who should start me or you? How should this? Um, I'll start because typically the one who starts is the one that ends. And I'll say I'm nervous okay. too, because whenever we do these like <laughs> fake talks, they are a little awkward. So it's not going to sound as good. <laughs> Everyone keep note. <laughs> Hello, Ron. <laughs> this is my normal voice. <laughs> so exactly. I'll start. Um, okay. and it's Friday. So we can talk about plans for the weekend, which is really common and I'll say, hey, how you doing? We'll do that. Okay. I'll say, hey, any plans for the weekend? So even in this quick second, we're both going to get something in our mind that we can share that we're comfortable. Important note, and comfortable sharing. We should yes. never be sharing anything. No one should be sharing anything that they feel is too personal. Every culture has a different idea. Every person has a different idea of what's personal. I think Americans and Canadians in general, we have less of an understanding. We're very open with our information. It doesn't feel too personal. So keeping in mind, whatever we're comfortable with is what we share. Gotcha. That's interesting too. As Canadians and Americans, we might be similar that way, but other cultures, not so much. That's uh, again, and I work globally with a lot of other cultures and I'm not as aware of that as I probably could be. Mm -hmm. It's really neat. All right. So go ahead. Get us started. Hey, Rod. Courtney, good to see you. Good to see you too. Any plans this weekend? Yes, my son has two hockey games this weekend and they're both in town. So I get to see a hockey game on Friday night and Saturday night. That absolutely makes my day and gives me a ton of reasons to relax and chill out. How about you? What do you got going on this weekend? Okay. This weekend, I don't have two hockey games. I have nothing and I can't wait. I'm going to be on my couch. I'm going to have Ted Lasso on the computer. And that is all I plan on doing minus family 
breakfast on Sunday, but that, but that's fine. So yeah, I'm so excited for you. Does it, has your son played hockey for quite some time? Since he was two, he started skating and yeah, that's what us Canadians do. And that's why we're so good at hockey. And then as soon as he could join hockey, he did. And <laughs> he's been entertaining me for a long time. Yeah. My daughter does the same thing with volleyball and soccer. And so that really is where I get my downtime. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. You must be such a proud father. <laughs> that's good fun. We all love our kids. Oh, good. All right. Well, it's good to see you. I'll see you around soon. Love it. Thank you. All the best. Yeah. All right. Bye. So that's cool because what one of the things I was tempted to get more into your network, uh, Netflix watching patterns to find out what other programs you like. But so that is somewhere I could have went if we, if I, you know, if we wanted to make more time, if we wanted to continue to get to know each other better or do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I saw 100%. opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I was very aware. I'm when I'm talking to someone, I am waiting and listening for. I don't want them to feel funny at all. I don't want them to feel awkward at all. And so I'm often proactively like leading the conversation just as a person because I don't want them to go, ooh, should I ask a question? Should I not? So yeah, maybe in that case, you could have asked about watching Ted Lasso, Netflix, having a down Saturday, and also keeping in mind if I could do a little critique. <laughs> please, please, I would love it because I did feel awkward at one point. I, okay. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say, but we'll lay it out there. So in the beginning, when I said, what are you doing this weekend? There was an opportunity for you to give a headline answer. So it'd been perfect if you were like, my son, he's in two hockey games this weekend. Can't wait to go end it. Because then I could ask you about it. And then it's more of a back and forth than you monologuing about the weekend. Love it. That's such a great tip. I love that. Love that. And one of the things you also modeled for us in this, and that is thanks for the critique. That is so cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget the headline done. If they're interested, they'll ask if they're not, then you don't push them away by yakking too much about whatever it is you're passionate about. Yeah. That if they're not, so or if they don't have time. Yep, exactly. Yes. Oh, love it. Okay. And one of the things you also did, which I also find hard sometimes is you wrapped it up. Mm. Like, like that's a, that's a whole other skill set, isn't it? It absolutely well, is. Other skill set, but part of the skill set. Absolutely. And there's no one good way to do it, but there is one, one strategy I share with people that they need to work out to see how it suits them, how it fits them. But I often say when it comes time to end, you both feel it. We felt it. We're like, oh, we said all we needed to say, and now we have to walk away politely. Great. How do we do this? Typically, we can recap what was said, and it's a very quick, probably one sentence recap. So I said, oh, that's, you must be a proud father, something that was very big, right? Like, it's just like, that's what I took from that conversation is, oh, what a great weekend you're going to have. Oh, what a proud father you must be. I'm wrapping up what we said with a summary, but also slightly because of me the connection, slightly emotional, slightly showing you that's what I see. That's what I hear. When you talk about hockey and other people will hear other things. They'll say, oh, well, how, how great, whatever people say who love hockey. <laughs> Please don't cancel me out, everyone listening, because my brother loves hockey, so I know all about it, okay? 
<laughs> but the point is that I'm, yeah, I'm listening for the family aspect and that's what I connect with. So that's what I'm going to summarize and say, oh, you must be such a proud father. Then I'm going to use a pivot word like, well, all right. Okay. Then my tone implies we're wrapping this up and then I'm going to talk about what we're doing next. I'll see you around. I'll let you get back to what you're doing. I've got to get going to the grocery store, whatever that is indicating the next step is a goodbye in small talk. Oh man, that is gold. That is gold. Honestly, I've never heard anyone talk about small talk before other than they don't like it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) You know, we do it all the time. Like we, we might not like it, but we can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. And, and what you're doing is you're equipping people to, to get comfortable. Like you say, to find that balance, like the bicycle piece. Yeah. I think really we don't like it oftentimes because it feels shallow. It feels insincere. It can feel like a waste of time. And people aren't about that. People are like, we're friends or we're not. We talk or we don't. But to to not engage, they're just like, I would rather just have a genuine conversation. And so I want to challenge people who don't like small talk because I get that to begin to see it maybe as an opportunity to build into different relationships. And we don't know who we can truly connect with unless we start that conversation. I'll add one more tip here, actually. Please. When we want to, good. When we want to start a conversation, oftentimes I get asked, well, if I ask a question and what if they don't want to answer or what if it is too intrusive or what if they're like, why are you asking is to first share about ourselves and then ask them like along the same line and saying something like, Oh, I'm going hiking this weekend. Are you a fan of hiking? I'm going hiking this weekend. Have you ever been to this mountain? And then they're able to share and safely because they feel, oh, you shared something. You're trying to look for a connection. They know why you're asking and they're much more willing to engage. Hmm. That's really neat. That's an interesting, interesting way of, of looking at it. I'm going to be enjoying my kids hockey game this weekend. Do you have any family events planned? Yes. Yes. And I love your example right there was big. Any family events planned. You didn't narrow it down to just hockey or even just sports. You said family events, which allows for a lot more opportunity for people to share and say, well, maybe not family events, but I do have this one thing I'm going to that's still an event. So it allows people to make connection to keep the conversation going. And how helpful would that be? And again, I'm thinking about it relative to what I do in terms of coaching parishes and helping parishes turn around. One of the things that we look at, you know, in our Catholic tradition, it was, it always felt like, you know, believe, behave, belong. So if you believe what we believe, you behave how we want you to behave, then you can belong. But that's not the model. That's not the model anymore. It's belong, believe, behave. And so to help people connect, to feel like they belong and then share with them and start to open up beliefs. And then if that connects with them, you know, God will help change people's if he'll convict them of the things that maybe aren't helpful in their life. You know, we don't have to do that for anybody. God does that. And so, you know, this whole idea of small talk and, and just learning how to be comfortable connecting with people will help us put other people at ease. And that's, you know, that's part of the reason I think some people don't like small talk, or at least it's my reasons, because I don't look like an idiot (laughs) or or feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? It's so it's, you know, it's not so much that I don't want to talk to people. It's that 
sometimes I'm not as good at it as I would like to be. And that leaves me feeling like, man, that was awkward. I made that person feel awkward. Therefore, I felt awkward. But these skills and tips you're giving are so usable. I'm glad that you feel that way. And also it's important that when my friends say to me, you know, you coach in small talk and I just want to be around you so I can hear you small talk. I also remind people that what is beautiful about it is you're vulnerable and it is also fine if you don't do well. Let's not stress ourselves out and think, oh man, that was weird. Because honestly, honestly, but this is so true. Nobody is thinking about you. Everybody is thinking about themselves. So if you're worried, like I was awkward, they probably are thinking, oh, it's me. I'm the awkward one. Oh no, I did something. So we can really just relieve the stress of I'm good. I'm bad. Forget about it. Have strategies, have scripts in your mind, let them work out over time. They will absolutely become how you engage with people and just let it relax because honestly, everyone's thinking about themselves. So they're not worried about whether or not we're awkward. That is so true. <laughs> that is so, so true. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, we always take it on. I would always take it on myself, you know, because, yeah, so that that was helpful. One of the things, as you kind of share with me the type of work that you do and how you help people and coach people, again, I can just think, like, one of the things I always encourage parishes to do as they're beginning their parish turnaround is, is integrate leadership summits into their uh their year, uh, three times a year, and really gather the leaders together and invest in them, thank them, grow them, encourage them, communicate with them, like dis- invest disproportionately in your leaders. But even in doing that, they're gathering them around tables. And and it's odd, you know, the, a church that's not doing a great job, you can go to and leave and not feel like you're connected with anybody. So if that's the culture of your church and you have a leadership summit, that's exactly how people are going to feel as they're gathered around this table. And so using you or this, this, this topic as part of the information you're sharing as part of the exercise, you're helping them grow in leaders. This is actually a really, really important leadership skill. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear it. And I also think when you're talking about the shift from um, the belong and believe or the believe and belong, I think that is remarkably wise and very, very important in the faith. Because when we think about belong and we think about chatting with each other, getting to know each other, we think about Jesus, our ultimate teacher. And like, that is what he did first and foremost. He went to dinner. He went and hung out with people. He did not yet. Yes. He also read in the synagogue, but that is not where the, that is not where his followers came from. As we saw later in the story, (laughs) eventually, yes you know, but initially it was him going to dinner, hanging out. I'm going to wrap these into small talk, small talking with people, but getting to know them, letting them feel that they belong, letting them feel like they're seen, letting them know that they're heard. And from that belonging acceptance, they became believers. So how much more important is it for us to know how to take that baby step? Small talk will not save the world like Jesus did, but Small talk, (laughs) but small talk is a beautiful, beautiful baby step into what could be a beautiful conversation. If only we allow ourselves to work on that skill, because for all people, extroverts, introverts, everyone, it's a skill that we can have. 
It really is. And I just think about for most parish priests after mass, many of them, not all of them, but many of them stick around after mass and shake hands and say hi to people. So boy, could they ever like this would just be such a practical tool for them to even get better at that. But I also think, Courtney, like when I travel around the world, there are so many dioceses, you know, in the Catholic church, we don't have as many vocations as we used to. And so many of the people that have born and raised and grown up in an area, we don't have as many people becoming priests as before. And so what's happening in some other countries, they have all kinds of people becoming priests and they have more priests than they have churches to lead. And so they literally mission their priests. And so, so many dioceses around the world have lots of people from India, lots of people from Africa, people from Malta, like different parts of the world. And then that gets into the cultural piece. And so talk a little bit about, because I know you do some work around cultural stuff too, or, or maybe it's, it probably be included. I know it's a part of, uh, small talk is a part of that, but what are your thoughts on that? So the thing when we consider culture is just being more aware and being the native English speakers, we don't have to always be so aware because we're just surrounded by everyone else in the same culture. So it's fine. And so paying attention to when, if we're talking to someone who maybe immigrated over or came over and we're trying to small talk and we notice that they're not asking questions back, that they are only talking about the weather, that maybe we shouldn't make the assumption they don't want to talk, they're stuck up, whatever. Maybe it's just, they just don't know. They're just not aware of how this works. And so by working with someone on, oh, like this is more of like a back and forth and, oh, this includes questions and getting to know people like that will help those coming over understand this bizarre (laughs) yet very important thing that we do in our culture. Hmm. So helpful. And I wonder too, Again, so many cultures have multiple people from different areas of the world coming to their area to minister as a priest. And and the problem can be is that they're not connecting. Like those connections aren't happening. It's not because they're not faithful people. It's not because they're amazing people. Like they're courageous as heck to do what they're doing. They're very faithful. And yet, that cultural piece of connection isn't happening. And so we rely on the formula that is the mass and yet the life of the church isn't coming alive. And I think this is a small piece of helping them enculturate in a way that more comfortable for them, more natural for them to actually give them the skills, not just that they have the desire, but they don't have the skills, but I don't know that we know how to give them the skills. And Mm -hmm. I would suggest that you do. Mm, yeah, it's good because every culture is different and every everywhere we're coming from, even, even culturally we're different. And then how the individual responds to the new culture is different. And so being sensitive to what is your actual experience, you know, and what are you actually dealing with? It's really helpful if the parish or people around them are willing to discuss where they're from, you know, like where the pastor or the priest is coming from and then understanding what they think, how they think, and always kind of having this understanding of if I feel offended or if there's something, maybe most likely this person who gave their life to Jesus moved across the country. Maybe they didn't mean to offend. This could (laughs) simply be a cultural thing. And so giving it that attitude and then approaching it like that to have these spectacular conversations and those 
for me, those cultural conversations are the best because it's just a misunderstanding and it's beautiful. Yes. And we can see, we, we want the same thing. Sometimes we just come at it differently. So how can our differences actually help us in our mission to be a community? Years ago, I, I had a little three unit apartment building that needed a ton of work as a real fixer upper. And I had a lot more energy back then. And so I purchased this and, and I'd go over and mow the lawn and repair some things from time to time. At one point, uh, there was a, there was a person who studied astrology from Russia that came over to be a professor at one of the, at the Moncton university. And, uh, and so they came, they didn't speak, their English wasn't too bad, but it wasn't great. And they had the top floor and, and actually it was a professor from the university that secured the lease for them for the apartment. So I didn't meet them until they actually came. And so I was over there working one day and they invited me up to have a tea with them. And so I thought, oh, that's nice. And so I came up and sat and they had nothing like, like they moved all the way from Russia. They had nothing. And, and here I am sitting on their secondhand kitchen table that they probably got a, you know, value village or something. And, and she's cooking up something for me. God love her. And they're only young. And, uh, and so I'm drinking tea and then she puts this food in front of me and then they're speaking their broken English. It was so beautiful. Like their hospitality was incredible. And so every time I went over there, if they saw me they I knew I was going to have to go up and have tea with them because they always wanted to show their hospitality and generosity. And so I would, and I'll never forget one of the things that she said one time, she said, because I asked her, what's the difference? What's the biggest difference that you're finding as you're integrating into our Canadian culture? And she said, I realized when you guys ask, how are you doing? You don't mean it. Yes. <laughs> she said, because if somebody in Russia asks you, how are you doing? You sit down and you really tell them. Yes. And she said, we don't have psychologists and stuff. You guys have all these people to help with emotional and mental health and stuff. She said, in Russia, we don't have any of that. But mm -hmm. we know each other's business because we mean it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know. Like, I didn't know we did that until mm -hmm. she said that. Isn't that fascinating? It's so true. And even specifically with Russia, what's very interesting is friendships. And this is like a very general statement, but friendships are primarily because we care about each other and because no matter what happens in life, we have each other's back. Whereas in Western culture, as, as embarrassing as it is to say, a lot of our friendships can be pretty opportunistic and we don't want it to be the case. We don't want, we don't try, we don't think about it that way. But when we think about like, how quickly do I space myself from someone? If suddenly what I thought our friendship was, what I thought I got of it, I no longer am. This is no longer serving me, it's okay for me to move away. That is the general idea, not necessarily the right one or the God, you know, the godly one, but that's the culture of Western culture. So for Russian people specifically, when they move to the U.S., they're like thinking all these people are going to be friends and not realizing maybe in part because of your profession, maybe in part because of your status, maybe in part because of who you know, whatever that may be. And mm. Friends are semi-genuine, but also nowhere near as genuine compared to a Russian friendship, which if we're friends, we are just friends for who we are and nothing more. You know, Courtney, honestly, when I, when I think about the applications of the work that you do and the people that you help, I can... I just hope that every diocesan staff person who's listening to this podcast recognizes that you could be an asset to those priests that they've that have come as missionaries. 
to help them integrate, to help them figure these things out like this. You would be such a great guest speaker at some of these priest convocations to help them uh, workshop this stuff um, because it's so necessary. And I see the discomfort. I see it. Mm-hmm. And I see how it's experienced in parishes of people who are homogeneous or, or, or have grown up there. They might have different color skin and, and, and different heritage in the long long ways back, but they grew up in an area and, and they're just, they lack that connection. I think this would be such an asset. I think it'd be such a great part of their integration into the areas that they're ministering and serving in such a gift to them. And then, like I say, for parishes as leaders, all of us can get better at small talk as a tool to step into deeper relationships or better conversations that lead to deeper relationships. What's super exciting about this conversation with you is it's not just about, which it is about relationships, you're right, but also you and I know that it's about what God is doing, what the Holy Spirit is up to, what Jesus is leading towards, and what I do, I'm a person of faith, and it's wonderful and remarkable and feels great to connect with people. How much better is it when we know there's that spiritual element, when the Holy Spirit's involved, when we're doing something that's bigger, we're part of something that's bigger than us. And so if our role is learning to a certain skill, learning small talk, learning a culture, how much more comes from that when we know that the end game is so deeply relational and spiritual and like God related, as opposed to it doesn't start and stop with us. Like God uses us and we get to see it grow in a way that we could never do on our own, in our relationships, in our evangelism, in whatever that may be. It's amazing to do our part and then see God just do his part, which is exceptional. So well said. I don't know how many times, like I have a friend of mine named Bill who often says, God's going to send you some broken people today. And when he does, he wants you to love them. Mm-hmm. But boy, if we don't have our radar on it, if, if, if small talk is one of the ways, <clears throat> it was the first small step mm-hmm. to seeing if somebody's open to even communicating with us. And we, and I avoid it because I'm in a rush or I don't feel like I'm, and it's legit to be in a rush sometimes. I'm not saying you gotta meet, but if I'm avoiding it because I'm not attentive to these things, then it's like, Oh Lord, forgive me. Mm-hmm. You, you trusted me today and I let you down. You sent me somebody today and I didn't make the time or I was just too self-conscious or whatever it was that prevented me from even beginning to engage in a conversation. Oh, way yeah. to bring it home. Mm-hmm. So good. Courtney, if people want to get in touch with you to either get some of this coaching themselves and or to have you come out and speak to their group or what have you, what's the best way that they can do that? Yeah, they can just email me at Courtney at that's well put.com. So that's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y at that's like T-H-A-T-S well put W-E-L-L-P-U-T dot com. Love it. There it is. Well, I hope that your phone, that your email starts lighting up. I hope that we begin to address this issue because I think this is a wonderful skill set that can just take off in every possible context to make us more comfortable with the people that we serve and, and facilitate some beautiful friendships so that, to your point, God can use us to do great things. Thank you. Amen. Amen. My pleasure. <laughs> God bless you. Have a great day. You too.
I hope you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I have. Please take the time to subscribe, comment, and rate the show five stars so that we can engage more people in the conversation of leadership. Visit us at ronhuntley.com and let us know how we can help your parish or diocese thrive. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Thank you.